Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well. We are all fine here in uh, Beloit, Kansas. And I've been mentioning we we got that little house that's going to eventually be our guest house. But um, yesterday we made an offer on a big house that we were looking for. So we'll hear in a day or two if they'll accept it. So I, I love you all for whoever's been praying. We've gotten wonderful donations. Um, we're going to need um, quite a bit more for this second house that we'll be able to take another 20 women. So um, we would love to do it, and we love your help. And I just remind you, if you wish, of the Life Funder um, uh, fundraiser that um, a Station of the Cross set up for us. I'm just looking at it now i hardly ever look at it but i'm bringing it up now yesterday we were i think 32 percent to our goal we're 34 percent now we have 68,000 out of the 200 that's needed and we'll need that 200,000 additional for the for the big house so everything is just so wonderful um the house is worth much more than 200000 but um, um, they've had some problems in that house. Uh, it's been on sale for a long time, and uh, just recently the pipes froze and broke, so it caused quite a bit of problems. And um, uh, But it's a house that we would love, so uh, we made them an offer that's lower than it's worth um, when all things were well. And we would we would love to get it. So if you wish to contribute in any way, I see that so many have contributed, um, and we have uh, we're thirty four percent funded with twenty three days to go. So I bless all of you. Over five hundred of you have contributed to that um, fundraiser from Life Funder, Life Site News. They're so generous to have done that for us. So I I praise God for them, and I hug all of you who have made contributions uh, there. It's just, um, it's just heartening, Uh, just fills my heart. I look at that once a day, and I see all, I read all the comments. There's no way I can respond to you that I know of anyway, but um, I'm so thrilled, and I Thank God for you, and we take every one of you into our rosary every day and into our prayers for all we do. So we are reading um, Victory Over Vice, um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's um, wonderful little book published by Sophia Press. And um, if you haven't uh, been with us previously, Archbishop Sheen has talked about how the seven deadly sins are what put our Lord on the cross. So he has taken one um, one deadly sin for each of our words, our Lord's seven last words on the cross. And um, we've covered anger and um, 
uh, lust and envy, and we are now covering the fourth word of our Lord from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If you're Jewish, you might recognize those words from Psalm 22 or Psalm 21, depending upon the numbering in your scriptures. Um, And uh, those are the words um, that prophesy the death of our Lord and his words on the cross. And Archbishop Fulton Sheen attached the... um, the deadly sin of pride to that. And of course, pride is the author, or rather the um, found, I should say the author is right, foundation of all sins. So we couldn't read the whole chapter yesterday. I'm going to continue today from where we left off, backing up one chapter. <clears throat> the hum- No, let me see now. Yes, the humble will always avoid praising his own good works because humility, of course, is the opposite of pride and thus make void the virtues of his deeds. Self-praise devours merit. And those who have done good things to be seen by men and who trumpet their philanthropies in the marketplace will one day bear, hear the saddest words of um, a tongue can pen. Um, Thou hast already had thy reward. The humble man, even if he is great in the world's eyes, will esteem himself less than others, for he will always um, he will always suspect that their internal greatness may far overreach his insignificant external greatness. He will therefore not flaunt his accidental superiority before his fellow men, for to do so is to prove one is not truly great. The really big, um, the really big men are the humble men. They are always approachable, kind, and understanding. It is the little men who must put on airs. The rich boy need not wear good clothes to impress his friends with his wealth, but the poor boy must do so to create the false impression of wealth. So it is with those who have nothing in their hands. They must be eternally creating the impression of how much they know, the books they have read, and the university from which they graduated. The learned man never has to seem learned, as the saint never has to appear pious. But the hypocrite does. The fact that so many men make honors seriously, rather take honors seriously, change their voices, and cultivate poses, proves they never should have had the, the honors. The honors were too big for them. They could not assimilate the honors. Rather, the honors assimilated them. Instead of wearing the purple, the purple wore them. A sponge can absorb so much water and no more. A character can absorb so much praise and no more. The point of saturation is reached when the honor ceases to be a part of him and begins to stick out like a sore thumb. The truly great are like St. Philip Neri, who one day 
seeing a criminal beating, I'm sorry, um, let me do that again. I don't know, for some reason, I don't have enough light on this. Let me see. The truly great are like St. Philip Neri, who one day, seeing a criminal being led off to prison, said, there goes Philip Neri, except for the grace of God. Suppose we began to be humble and esteemed others, at least no less than ourselves. Suppose to those who wounded us, their slanderous darts, with their slanderous darts, we answered, Father, forgive. Suppose to those who classified us with thieves, we made the best of it and converted them, saying, This day, paradise. Suppose out of those who shamed us before relatives, as Jesus was shamed before his mother, we made a new friend for our heavenly mother and said, Behold thy son. Suppose to those beneath us in worldly dignity, we humbled ourselves and asked them for a drink. I thirst. Suppose we began to be truthful, and estimated ourselves at not our real worth. If we did these things for but one hour, we would completely revolutionize the world. We are not wanting an example, for we have before our eyes him, that is our Lord, who humbled himself to the death on the cross, who surrendered divine consolation as power put on the rags of weakness and strength girded itself in abandonment and being God appeared to be without God. And why did he do this? Because we have been trying to lead our lives without God, to be independent. By choosing the humiliation of the cross in reparation for pride, he takes us back again to the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a great giant clothed in an armor of steel and carrying in his hand a mighty sword. David was the shepherd boy without defensive steel and carrying no other weapon than a staff. And five little stones from a nearby brook. Goliath scorned him, saying, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with a staff? David answered humbly, not trusting in his own power. I come to thee in the name of the Lord. The outcome we know. The boy with a stone killed the giant with the armor and the sword. <clears throat> oh, dear ones, I hear that music. We will continue this after the break, and I, we will finish this today after the break. There's not, there's about a little over a page left. So, God bless you. Call in with anything on your heart, even during the break. I'll take calls and um, your texts and your calls and your emails early today. So call in with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. For several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are almost through the chapter on pride um, uh, in Bishop Sheen's book, Victory Over Vice, published by Sophia Press, is truly outstanding. And I I recommend it to everyone. It's never too late to buy such a book. We continue. The victory of David over Goliath symbolized the reality of Good Friday. Pride is Goliath. Our Lord is the humble David who comes to slay pride with the staff of his cross and five little stones, five wounds in hands, feet, and side with no other weapon than these five wounds and the staff of the cross. Do we gain victories over the Goliath um, of pride on the battlefield of our soul? To the worldly, they seem ill-fitted for battle and impotent to conquer. But not if we understand God's plan from the beginning. The foolish things of the world hath God chosen that he may confound the wise. And the weak things of the world hath God chosen that he may confound the strong. I love that verse from 1 Corinthians. I absolutely love that verse. I go through, go through life calling myself a happy, happy, foolish thing. I love it. 
It was with a cross and a crowned brow that God won the day. I'm going to um, I'm going to read a little poem that Bishop Sheen ends with. It's uh, from Oscar Wilde. <clears throat> and he writes, O smitten mouth, O forehead crowned with thorn, O chalice of all common miseries, thou for our sakes that loved thee not has borne an agony of endless centuries. And we were vain and ignorant, we were vain and ignorant, nor knew that when we stabbed thy heart, it was our own real hearts we slew. Being ourselves the sowers and the seeds, the night that crowns, the night that covers, and the light that fade, the spear that pierces, and the side that bleed, blends, that bleeds. Oh, I'm doing this poor, so poorly, I'm sorry. <clears throat> let, me, let me start that. Being ourselves, the sowers and the seeds, the night that covers, and the lights that fade, the spear that pierces, and the side that bleeds, the lips betraying, and the life betrayed. The deep hath calm, the moon hath rest, but we lords of the natural world are yet our own dread enemy. Nay, nay, we are but crucified, and though the bloody sweat falls from our brows like rain, loosen the nails, we shall come down, I know. Staunch the red wounds, we shall be whole again. No need have we of hyssop laden rod, that which is purely human, that is godlike, that is God. That might be a little difficult to understand at the first reading. I usually need to read such things many times through and, and meditate on them to fully, to fully grasp them. But it's a soul that grasps the agony of God and all that he did for us. It's so wonderful, dear ones, what God has done. I don't know that I'll ever, ever get over it. I don't know that I'll ever get over it. I pray I don't. That I'll ever get used to it. I pray I don't. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the program we went to see a house um, that was, um, um, what do I say, that, that was um, for sale for many, many years, but um, attractive on the outside and quite dark and gloomy and dim <clears throat> and a little depressing on the inside which is probably why um, it never sold. But we are going to rip out all the carpets and paint everything and make it bright and cheery, and we'll be able to take in 20 women in there. We're so pleased. And we're starting plans for a monastery. So those of you who have been part of us, we part of it. it we, play, we bless God for you a million times. We bless God for you. We already have the little house that um, can hold seven of us, and it's being painted now, and it's going to be a guest house. It's an adorable little house with two floors, and we'll be able to hold a number of people in there. And then this new house, um, we're going to try to get painted and fixed and everything um, in, within a month if we can. The, the yard is a wreck. Uh, we need lots of help. So um, God bless all of you. We're very excited about it. 
and uh, one day we'll be able to welcome a whole crowd to Beloit, and you'll be able to see our houses, and um, uh, more importantly, there are many houses for sale in Beloit, uh, not as big as the one we just purchased, but but some of them are quite large, and um, jobs to be had. So we've ha- heard from a number of people that want to move to Beloit, Kansas, in the middle of the craziness, craziness that's going on all over the world. We have a wonderful bishop, Gerald Vinke, um, and the diocese, even if you're not in Beloit, the Diocese of Salina has farmland, has wide open land, tremendous places to build if, if, if it's wide open land. And, um, and we have a gentleman here, Andrew, who uh, wants to help everyone get jobs, get a place to live, all of that, especially if you come and rent. Andrew can help you right away and help you find a job. And you can stay in our guest house while you're looking for a place to live. So we have so many different options, but we're very, very grateful. So God bless you. And um, let me see. I am going to go now to see if you have any calls. You're welcome to call in um, <clears throat> toll-free 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We do have a call from Dennis from Toronto. Hello, Dennis. Are you there, dear one? Oh, is yes. it Denise? Oh, Denise. Denise. Yeah. Uh, hi, okay. sweetheart. My father's hi, sweetheart. name is Dennis. Yeah. Do you happen to have the radio on? I hear an echo. No, I don't. I've, I, okay. I have okay. you on the screen, I, okay. but I've turned I, it off. So do you still hear the echo? Uh, I think we're okay now. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, Mother. Um, I'm just calling because, I, I, I mean, sadly I've missed your show for about a week or so, and so I don't know if you've touched on this, but my <coughs> I just found out yesterday my sister got the vaccine, my older sister, mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. so depressed. And my mother was talking about getting it on Monday, and um, mm-hmm. I've been talking at length with my parents about not getting it, and my father seems to be believing me about you know the things i've been saying my mother's skeptical but she's you know she's i mean i'm trying to work with her but they mentioned yesterday to me that my sister older sister got the vaccine and i'm just so I just don't be depressed just, don't be depressed yeah. we know a number of people who got the vaccine and and so far they're okay we don't recommend it of course we speak against it but um don't be depressed about it just Pray for her that she won't have any side effects. Um, And as far as your family goes, um, you can print out articles. You can hopefully give them plenty of videos on the the, uh, website. Um, John Henry Weston at LifeSite News did an entire conference on the vaccine. And if you go to LifeSite News and look for the... um, uh, the vaccine COVID nineteen conference. I think you can still bring it up. You can still find that every expert yeah. uh, was involved in that. Um, or go to Children of God for Life and print out what they've written, because they're right on top of it. So maybe okay. if it's not just what you're saying, it's what it's uh-huh. what has been published. They may uh, take greater note of it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I think they're all hearing so many different people are taking it that they're just getting caught up in it. They see they see I mean they read the things what I'm saying and they I've showed them stuff and they Oh really? They, uh-huh. um, yeah, I've showed them and they they say but oh but you know but so and so got the the vaccine and they everyone says oh they got the vaccine and they're okay and you know if I do like my mom was saying if I do don't do this I won't be able to serve at mass when our church is open and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like Are you serious? The church, the, is requi- the church is requiring? No, no, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. She's just, you know, kind of, it's in her head that she seems to think that, like, I think what I'm like, just telling her, what I'm hearing for you, Mom, is that you're not taking this vaccine because you want to be protected from the virus. You're taking this vaccine because you want to go back. You think that you'll be able to do the things that you know, you used to yeah, do. Yeah, because people have called it an act of charity. I don't know, Denise, yeah. what you can do other than um, let them listen to those. Uh, there's some very powerful videos on on the deadly effects of COVID-19, on the unknown effects of COVID-19, on the thousands who have died from, co- from the injection, mm-hmm. on people who drive by and get the injection, and then... Ten minutes later, they go into anaphylactic shock. Oh it's God. an experiment. It's it's awful. It's just awful. So it's been called not a vaccine by doctors, but a pathogen, and it, it, it will destroy your mind, everything. I don't want to be an alarmist here. All anyone needs to do is look up COVID-19, LifeSite News. They've got it all. Okay. And I, I think if, people see me as an alarmist. But, well, yeah. they may. They probably see me as an alarmist, too. Don't worry about that. Um, keep uh, things in your hand that you can hand them. Because with uh, LifeSite News, they um, translate the video. So they print out what people are saying. And you can print that out and give it okay. to people. You know, I think that's, they will see you as an alarmist, alarmist but um, uh, print out a couple of good facts from the Children of God for Life website and LifeSite News and um, print out the number of people who have died from it and who have had uh, all kinds of serious uh, side effects from it that have ruined their life. Um it's been awful. Okay. I have another question, Mother. Go ahead, huh? If you have time. It's like, yes. it's, a, it's completely unrelated, but I think you'd be the best sweetie. person to speak to. Is I have a friend of mine, and she's Jewish, and um, sadly, her her mother was like the lone survivor from the Holocaust, mm-hmm. came as a child, you know, she came as a child, I think she was four years old and she was taken to South America or something. No, to England, I think. Oh, sorry. Can I continue or should I? You can, sweetheart. So um, okay. But right after the break. Can you hang on till after the break? Sure, I can, yeah. All right. And we have Justin on the line from Texas. So I ask both of you to hold on. We'll go to a break and... Um, It'll be a slightly longer break, uh, Denise and Justin, because it's at the half hour mark. But you hold on and I'll come back to you as soon as we come back online. And our toll-free number for anyone else is 1-877-511-5483 or um, email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Thanks. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live. But I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I know I'm a little hoarse today. Hold on. For some reason, the weather here is gorgeous. Um, Denise from Toronto, are you still on the line, dear? I am. Okay, so you have a Jewish friend whose mother is the lone survivor of her family from the Holocaust? Mm-hmm. Go ahead she with came you. as a four-year-old, I think to England and then eventually to South America. And um, my friend is her only daughter. And... Um, Sadly, like this, this um, her mom didn't. My friend's mom, you know, she didn't learn about her faith, and obvi- and so my friend doesn't know really about her faith. All she, you know, when she, you know, I've just known her for a few years now, and she, she's very respective, like of my faith and um, of other people's faith. But she also, she's quite sarcastic, just in regards to them, and that, like, she'll say, like, I, I don't follow, I just follow any pagan feast. <laughs> like she, she jokes about it, and. You know, I'm very, I'd really like to in some way approach her about, you know, even um, learning about her Jewish faith. And yeah, I think that's a good perhaps- motive. That's very good on your part, Denise. I'm going to recommend two books. Okay. <clears throat> uh, one written by Roy Shoman, the other edited by Roy Shoman. One is Salvation is from the Jews. 
and its salvation history from Abraham right through to the second coming of our Lord. It's a very important book that I think everybody should read. Salvation is from the Jews. And then the second book is the story of uh, 16 Jews, Jewish people, who entered the Catholic Church believing it to be not the rejection but the fulfillment of Catholicism. My brother and I are two of those 16 in the book. Some of them are uh, no longer alive. Alphonse Radisbon, for example. Some were atheists. Some were Orthodox Jews. So those two books, and um, Roy Shoman has his own website, salvationisfromthejews.com, and you can get the book straight from there or from probably any other source. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, it Thank would be you wonderful. Much. You're welcome, Denise. Okay. God bless you, Thanks. dear. Okay. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Justin in Texas. Hello, Justin. Hello, Mother. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay. What is your question, dear? My wife and I are both uh, Catholic school teachers. I teach at a high school. She teaches at the elementary school. And... Um, when we have Mass, some of our colleagues have noticed that we don't receive communion because uh, we're not allowed to receive on the tongue oh, in our archdiocese. Even mm-hmm. at the Latin parishes, they don't allow it. No kidding. And, uh, oh, my goodness. How far have we fallen? Sad. Not even the Latin parishes? Who yes, has ma'am. that right? No one has that right. No one yes, has I that right. Communion on the tongue is the norm, not the exception. The hand is exception. But communion on the tongue is the norm, and no one, I'm just going to repeat what Bishop Athanasius Snyder and Cardinal Seurat and others have said, no one, not even a bishop, has the right to refuse communion on the tongue. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, Justin. But go ahead. Uh, So I was just wondering, like, how do I approach some of the, the, some teachers have come up to my wife and talked to her about it. And, uh, you know, some have asked me why I don't receive, mm-hmm. um, how do I answer them, um, without getting, um, prideful, I guess, on, on my end saying I am doing it the right way. What have you said to them so far, you and your wife? I've told them, um, well, I directed my wife to um, Taylor Marshall's book, Infiltration, Very good. Uh, where mm-hmm. it talks about you know the the evils of some of what Vatican II has done and all this. And um, yes, but you're not going to discuss that with those people who come to you. Uh, what would you answer them? Not. Right. What I, have you answered so them, far? I tell them that um, I I have seen evidence that. Our Lord is, um, you know, he falls apart from the host when we receive on our hand. And there's little pieces of them all over. And I don't want to have that on my soul, you know. Very good. And do they respond to that? um, I think they kind of just roll their eyes or something. Right. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. But but your answer is correct. Um, I would just tell them when they ask me, I'd say, on our knees and on the tongue. Right, right, right. Come to Beloit and you'll be able to do that. Um, it's, it's, um, your bishops and priests are, uh, absolutely wrong and they have no right 
to refuse communion on the tongue. They refuse it, but they are wrong. Um, The norm of the church is still communion on the tongue. And I would simply say that to people. The norm of the church is communion on the tongue. A communion on the hand is quite irreverent. And there are uh, pieces and crumbs of the Eucharist all over the floor when, when even if a patent is used. Um, um, but it has also been proven that communion on the tongue is uh, safer for COVID than communion in the hand. The, 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 the host should go from the consecrated hands of the priest and never touch another hand straight onto the tongue. And when there's so-called Eucharistic ministers, um, it goes from the consecrated hands of a priest to the unconsecrated hands of a so-called minister of the Eucharist and to the further unconsecrated hands of the individual, in, in, and they make a throne with their hand and then pick it up with the other hand. It's, it's desecrated. It's very irreverent and um, uh, dangerous for the host, uh, for our Lord. It's not reverent. It doesn't respect him. And um, we have no right to handle that. We have a right. Forgive me. If we have a right, the church has allowed it, so, so be it. But you, you would just tell them what I tell them. It's the norm of the church. Uh, it's been proven safer, a uh, safer manner of reception for COVID. And um, some people don't know how to, how to serve communion on the tongue. Uh, and that's a real problem for so-called Eucharistic ministers. They don't know how, and they make a mess. Um, and I've had Eucharistic ministers who have tried to serve me on the tongue, and they've dropped the host. It's just terrible what's going on. So just tell them what's true, Justin. It's irreverent. That's, that's the norm for the church. Um, you, you find it irreverent in any other way, and, um, and it also is a lot safer concerning COVID for uh, it to be handled less. So that's what I would tell them. And just and I would add to that that no one has a right to refuse communion on the tongue. Uh, the priests and bishops have the freedom to do that, but they're, they're wrong. They're wrong. They have no right to refuse any one of us communion on the tongue. Yes, Mother. That's what I would say. And I'm so sorry that that's what's happening to you. So you're saying it's at a school mass? Yes, Mother. Well, I would go to any other church if you could before school. I would the, do the anything like we go to <clears throat> on Sundays. So we work in in a diocese, and we and we live in another one. We're just where we live is like right on the edge of two dioceses, mm-hmm. and so the diocese that we both work in, you can't have it on the time. But well, at the diocese we live in, you can. And so we we have found priests for Sunday Masses that we go to, and, and he gives us but you're, yeah, yeah, But time. you're not able to get to a daily Mass in your own diocese and receive our Lord because of timing? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, it's and really... I'm a graduate student, so I have classes in the evening after I'm done teaching, which prevents me from going to some as well. Okay, I gotcha. Well, dear Justin, it's a suffering. It's a suffering. You're right. 
you're absolutely right. And when they question, they're, they're, uh, those who question are ignorant. These are, this is a Catholic school, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Catholics yeah. don't know their faith. The priests don't know the faith. The bishops don't know the faith. Um, they have no right to refuse you, but they do. And so if you continue to work there, you and your wife, you're going to continue simply to not receive. Uh, some priests will allow you to receive if you come up after the entire communion line. But I don't know if your priests would do that. Um, we have a um, some kind of rotating schedule as to which priest is there. Um, but the one who's there the most like stands back like as far as he possibly can to touch the host to your hand so that he's not too close to you to get the illness. What a it's, shame. It's it, just it would be a shame. If it wasn't so sad. I know. I know it, Justin. It, it's just a shame. And it's the devil's lie. Um, well, we're in a time of suffering, dear one. Do I have a second for a, a follow-up question? Go, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, one of my, this is my first year to work at the school, and at one of my very first masses there, um, the, the students were going out to receive communion, and um, one of one of the students dropped the host, and he didn't really know what to do, so he looks at the priest, and the priest just kind of twist down, pick it up and take it, you know, type of a thing. And um, nothing was done to cover up that spot and properly clean it. Um, Justin, what, the answer what is, do? what do you do? Well, it happened once with us, and I went and put a clean handkerchief over it. Um, I went right up to the front of the church and put a clean handkerchief over it so no one would step on any crumbs. I know. It's, it's, we're in a time of unbelief, and um, the belief in the Eucharist is gone, and I would say that is of that priest also. If he told you to pick it up and eat it and didn't do anything else, uh, or told that person, um, I would say his faith is practically gone. There's nothing to do except you can cover it up yourself, as I did once. And then after, I did that once, and then after the Mass, the, the cloth was still on the floor, and I went up to the priest and I said, Father, we need to take care of that. And he said, okay, I will, don't worry. So Yes, I, I found the deacon after the Mass, and I said, Deacon, this is what happened, and this is where it was. And he said, thank you, Justin, I'm going to take care of it. But I didn't see Did him do anything after that, yeah. as I was mm-hmm. saying my prayers. Right. Yeah, I don't know he if he did have, anything There either. was another Mass right after that. So. Well, Justin, the faith is all but gone. It's terrible. When a priest does that, um, or he says, I'll take care of it, rather than stand guard on the spot and I'll bring something out. I mean, they, the, the faith is lost. It's a shame. It's a shame, Justin. I don't know what we can do, except try to do what you've done and, and tell the priest or tell the deacon or cover it up or, or do something. I, I don't know what else to do. Um, you've just started working at that school. Um, you and your wife, um, if it's strong enough, you can tell them that you're not going to be able to work here because you can't go to Mass. I mean, I know you need money. 
You just you need to weigh the factors. Yes, I've been looking at like one thing that me and my wife have been talking about is, you know, if they mandate this vaccine, well, they're not going to take it. So if that means leaving our jobs, so be it. It will. Well, who, yeah. what did you say about a mandate? Say it quick, because there's our break music. What did you say about yeah, a mandate? If they do mandate it, then we won't. We won't take it. Oh no! And they have no right. They cannot mandate that. They can mandate communion in the hand. They're sinful. That's wrong. But they can't mandate any human being to receive our Lord in the hand. There's no way they can mandate that. Some bishops have, some priests have, rather, um, and I think they'll be in trouble with God. Justin, I bless God for your faith and that of your wife, and I would only say if you could find jobs in a better school, that would be great. And if you can't, then you're going to suffer through this and receive our Lord on Sundays only. We'll be right back from the break, dear ones. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-676. One nine one zero. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 877 5483 or email at mother at Justin, dear one, our, our last caller, if you're still listening, I've just come across an article at 1 Peter 5, 
uh, O-N-E, all written out, one Peter 5, one word, dot com, slash communion um, in the hand. The true story of communion in the hand revealed. And it's a, a story, on. it's from August 2020, on how uh, it communion on the hand even began and was accepted, but it was considered um, disrespecting our Lord, and it still is. It's not equal to communion on the tongue at all, at all uh, in the manner of reception. It, it, um, it, how do I say, it disrespects our Lord is what it does. All right. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I understand consecrating yourself to our Blessed Mother Mary and St. Joseph, but is it appropriate to consecrate your children to them like Mary and Joseph did in the temple? 100% absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's 100%. Many, many children are consecrated just after they're born to the Blessed Mother or the St. Joseph or to a particular saint, St. Michael the Archangel. Absolutely. It is absolutely appropriate. You'll give them a good head start in life. That's really wonderful. Yes. We have Mary Lou from Rochester on the line. Hi, Mary Lou. Hello, dear mother. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. And yourself? Oh, just just lovely. Lovely day. Good, good. Now, I would like to uh, ask you. I am yes. an extraordinary Eucharistic minister. I have been for many years. Mm-hmm. And even through this entire shutdown, the entire COVID, I go and I take the elderly people communion. Mm-hmm. I receive communion on the tongue at the churches that I attend. I'm mm-hmm. the only one except at the Latin Mass. Mm-hmm. I do wash my hands thoroughly with everything I'm supposed to when I give communion to the elderly that, that I do visit. Is, is this all right? What's the This. Is it all right that you are a... to the elderly? Mm-hmm. It is. It is, Mary Lou. Um, uh, Eucharistic minister is, is not the proper term, but extraordinary minister of the Holy Eucharist is. And it is for extraordinary... You use the word extraordinary, but it's for extraordinary purposes. In other words... Uh, extraordinary ministers in most masses are not needed. It's just efficiency. Uh, fast foods, people have said it's terrible. It's not needed. Um, especially in, in those uh, churches that uh, don't have masses following, that just have one mass. Uh, there's no Eucharistic ministers that are needed because they're extraordinary for without extraordinary purposes. Uh, they've just become regular assignments, which is, is it's just a sad development. Um, but you take communion to the sick, and that's because, I'm guessing, your priest is not able to, or your deacons are not able to. No, and some of the folks that I visit will not go out because of COVID. And okay. I I used to uh, be a community minister at church, but I prayed. I do not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I do not go near the tabernacle. And our priests, where you. I do attend church, are so good about everything. Good. And but they are not able to visit the sick, the shut-ins no. that you visit. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't if know if you're they prop- can or they just. 
I mean, I talked to my priest, and he said, just be very, very careful. And I said, yes, I will. And I would say to him, is that why you don't go, dear father? Because he's the one to do that. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, respectfully. Um, Father, is that why you don't go? You're telling me to be careful. Do you not go because you're afraid of catching the disease? Um, So it should be a priest. It should be at least a deacon. But um, it's not wrong if you are commissioned by the priest to do that. Um, When you administer communion, do you administer our Lord on the hand or in the tongue? I do both, depending Mm -hmm. on the the people. And I I tell them about receiving on the tongue, and if if they receive in the hands, I I don't refuse them. Right. Well, um, again, the church allows for both. I can't say what I would do. I'd like to say what I would do, but I won't be an extraordinary minister of the Eucharist. In in dire times, war, and where these things are not possible any other way, there's no mass, you know, I would say that's those are extraordinary circumstances. But in this day, I don't, I don't know what an extraordinary circumstance would call for Eucharistic ministers. I really don't. But um, or extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist. I think if I did that, I would not. I would refuse communion on the hand. Just as priests now refuse it on the tongue, I would refuse serving on the hand. Now, I'm not telling you to because the church allows it, but if I took the Eucharist to anyone and they said, I receive on the hand, I would just say, I don't serve our Lord on the hand. I won't put him into somebody's hand. So... That's up to you. The church allows it. I'm not going to suggest you do anything other than you're doing. The church is allowing what you're doing, Mary Lou, so you're not wrong. And I have one more comment, Mother. I heard on the radio station and find out other that we have a permanent lockdown order that is in New York State Legislature for our county. And that it has been passed by the Senate and for this passed by the Assembly the governor will sign this. And it has nothing to do with the COVID. It has to do with all other airborne viruses. And that includes many different viruses. I know. The common cold. I know. Do they, are they saying that or you just know, you just know that? No, I know this. It's awful. It's evil. The COVID whole situation, I'm going to say it, allowed on the air it's it's a hoax hoax it is it doesn't mean there's not COVID but um I think at you know times more people have died from the the so-called common flu than from COVID uh it is a strategy to control the population of the world end of story if I mentioned earlier um to listen to uh, the conference that John Henry Weston um, and LifeSite News had put together, you can, I believe you can still register and see those videos. Um, there's no way that uh, the lockdowns are causing more problems, more suicides, um, businesses are closing, families are without jobs and food, and this, this strict lockdown is going to bring death to New York 
that the governor has done so much evil with the nursing homes and everything else. He's done so much evil. Thousands upon thousands of people have died because of his actions. Um, if you don't follow the, the rules, you could be put in prison. That's up to everybody to decide. But it is pure evil, Mary Lou. And uh, we can only pray. We can only pray. We can refuse certain things, but we bear the consequences. It's an evil society. Those are evil orders. And they will kill more people than COVID will ever kill. So, Mary Lou, I'm with you, sweetheart. Justin, I'm with you all. We live in very difficult times. Uh, This is persecution. And um, if only the bishops knew that they have no... Uh, that the government has no power over them to close churches uh, or interfere with religion. They have no power. So, except what we give them. All right. God bless you. God bless you, Mary Lou. And we'll speak with you all. Oh, it's Friday. Have a good weekend. Speak with you on Monday.